Welcome one, welcome all to a bonus episode of the Xbox Expansion Pass. In this episode, my good friends Mr. Badbit and Hometown Hero join me to discuss our gaming journey throughout the course of 2020, the games we played, the struggles we went through, and how we got through it together. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. If you do, please let me know. Take care, guys. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse, as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I want to start off my episode with words of kindness to someone who has made my gaming week better. And this time, for this episode, we have words of kindness to the people that are here with us on the show. That's right, I am joined by two people who made my gaming year better in 2020, from start to finish in the year, before and after, Mr. Badbit from the Trophy Room. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Luke sucks. That's Glad I'm happy to be here. That's, that is par <laughs> for the course. And Mr. Kevin Butler making his debut on a podcast after streaming on Twitch newly in this 2020. What's going on, Luke? I'm happy to be here making my first ever podcast debut. I'm excited that you're doing it on my show. Now, there's a lot of context for this episode. This is a reflective episode for us where we look back over our entire year uh, from before we knew there was a pandemic to the end. We'll just talk about random stories that make us happy, that we enjoyed, the journeys that we went on to get us through this pandemic, social turmoil, and political discourse. It was a tough one, but we were there from start to finish for all. And for added bonus there, Kev, you and I were once roommates, and we have known each other for a very long time. That is true. I, I want to say that it came up uh, on Facebook some point last year that it, we were at eight years, nine years since we moved out, something like that. Because um, shortly after, I know the, the last apartment I lived in was the apartment that I shared with you before I bought this house. So it's, it's been a while. It has. And Joe, I know you know this, but uh, Kev and I met... At, by working at GameStop, which is is funny when you think about our gaming journeys beginning there. You're a big fan, right? Yeah, man, big fan of that corporation. We did, and you know, our our terms, uh, you know, very healthy relationship. Right, <laughs> right. As have no we bad all, memories. Right? Yeah. I didn't have a Vietnam flashback right there. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. It's all good. Yeah, we should just remind everybody that if you buy a console from a GameStop, it's been in the bathroom. Yeah, it's been in the bathroom. Yeah, oh, especially the used ones. The used ones have definitely been in the bathroom. You know, and, this uh, is, we have not checked to see if it works well. This uh, isn't a 2020 thing, but I do remember during our time at GameStop was uh, during the heyday of the Nintendo Wii, and I remember having to do all sorts of gymnastics just to get to the bathroom amongst the hundreds of Wiis we had in stock for mm. Black Friday that year, and uh, yeah. It's it's definitely true that they are stocked in the bathroom because the stores do not have adequate space for stock. Yeah. Also, <laughs> spoiler alert: your uh, your game informer probably been also sitting on the toilet as well. It's quite possible any of the three of us have read your game informer <laughs> if you bought it in the years that we worked. Yeah, yeah, it's not sanitary. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. COVID started with us, guys. Our bad. Our bad. It probably started with GameStop. Well, boys, okay, so let's, uh, we've got you here, we're chatting all about different things. It's meant to be a conversational episode, which is a very different format from typical XCP episodes, but it was one that I thought was important, and it's one I'm looking forward to. 
obviously, we have a lot of negative memories about 2020, but in the gaming space, I would say we wrestled each other through a number of things. Joe, you got you uh, got COVID. We think I might have had it at the beginning of the year. Uh, we we became pirate legends, boys. We we mastered the Halo Wars. We did a lot. We did a whole lot. Yeah, man. It's been a journey. Like, we've spent, I think, almost, if not, yeah, practically every day just gaming together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's made 2020 bearable and not as bad for me um, because, like, yeah, we've been hanging out. We've been socializing. And I feel bad for a lot of people that 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 really don't game because, yeah, it, it really it does rely on Zoom calls to keep, you know, social. And for us, it's just, it's second nature. You know, it's like six o'clock rolls around and you know what we're going to be doing. <laughs> we're going to be dropping with the boys. You know, I was actually thinking about that exact same thing uh, in in kind of mental preparation for us doing this uh, recording. And, you know, it really it makes you really wonder, like, what do people who don't play video games, how, how have they been? What have they been doing? How do they fill the time? Because not only do I play a lot of games, but I also watch a lot of other media, like a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. And let me tell you, I'm starting to run out of that stuff. <laughs> if yeah. uh, if it wasn't for gaming with you guys, I, I don't know where any socialization would have come from for the entire year last year. Well, you um, would have learned how to make bread. I know that was a thing. <laughs> Making sourdough was a thing for a while. You could have gotten yeah. washboard abs or learned a That's skill. Right. You could have read That's a novel right. series. I mean, all these other things that people are doing that are supposedly way more productive, right? Mm-hmm. You Something know, like that. Or you can have fun playing video games with your friends, you know? Mm-hmm. we. Or you could buy a Peloton and just look at it. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do with a Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, Kev. No, no, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say was, you know, that really has been – most of my social interaction this year has come from playing video games with you guys and our friends uh, Charles and and Suddy and Ron uh, and anyone else no. that we've gamed with. So it's uh, it's definitely that that's been it, you know. Um, and it's been great. Yeah. I, I would say that almost every single day this year we have played for at least an hour, if not more. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is like that. I would say we miss. No more than we very rarely miss two consecutive days ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it was every day for probably two, three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just we know we're not going out. We know we're going to be online, and we just started rotating through things. And you know, but we'd played a good amount of Apex and like games where we're on, where we're teammates and whatnot. Um, but once the pandemic hit, I feel like that changed and suddenly we were exploring campaigns together and then we would develop strategies. I mean, what was the first game that we really played to start filling our time once COVID hit and we were shelter in place? I think one of, I mean, I think it was Halo Wars at the start, mm-hmm. but I think the, the the big one was, I think we really just went through the anthology of Halo. Like, we went through Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 mm-hmm. to kind of find out which ones stuck, like, you know, which which one of them were we too a little bit too nostalgic for, and, mm-hmm. like, which one is actually the best Halo, which is Halo 4. That is wise. correct. It is. Yeah. It is. And it's funny because we... We just we were trying to prep for Infinite. We were all getting really excited for Infinite. Yeah. And we knew it would be a lot of... Well, at the time, we knew we'd have to wait till November. 
If only. If only, indeed. And so we, we went through those campaigns, and in doing that, we just as we discovered what aged well and what didn't, we realized like what each other looks for in games, and we I, I know we would light each other up about it because Joe and I can't agree on some things at all mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. gaming. And Kev Kev likes to pick whichever side he thinks is going to win and just go there, <laughs> uh, except Cyberpunk maybe. But yeah, like we just started arguing about campaigns and design and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like you like 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 I know what type of game Luke likes. Mm-hmm. Like Luke wants to be overpowered. Luke wants to forget about everything. Luke doesn't like Luke doesn't like you don't care about the story so much as you care about the lore, the universe around it. Mm-hmm. So like you want something fantastical. You wanna you wanna forget about stuff. Whereas for me, when it comes to like a a, a game, I want a story that's gonna hit me in the nuts. Sometimes I'm looking at you, Last of Us, too. Like I want, like I want something that's going to actually like make me think. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's that's where I come from. And Kev, what type of game does Kev like? I know, I know this answer. To, Go for it. Ask, well, well, so Kev, if I had to guess for you, well, I'm thinking about some of your favorite games. A lot of Bioware in there, Mass Effects, mm-hmm. Dragon Age, uh, and and very recently uh, cyberpunk i'm thinking you like just becoming a character and then as you f- in campaigns becoming a character and then you like managing stats and like moving making sure your character is op in certain areas strong and capable in others am i right wrong all of that is on point and and i feel a little bit like a mixed bag here um especially when it comes to you know let's let's back up to what joe was saying about the last of us like i respect the quality of the last of us and everything it's not a game that i really had any desire to play because those types of stories i like to get elsewhere i get those from my movies and my tv shows those just you know dark dreary seeing the worst of humanity but also finding hope um and that kind of thing i I don't consume that from gaming personally um, but I think you're right. I do like to have games where I can really just assume the role of that character um, and have like different options, different ways to go about things. Like I, like you said, I've been loving Cyberpunk. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is one of the best games ever made, and I will fight you over that. Um, yeah, when you know. people are like Mass Effect 1, I'm like, calm down. The combat wasn't that great. Right, you're exactly right. Mass Effect 1... I hope they do some stuff for Mass Effect 1 in this Legendary Edition that's going to come out with all of them. Um, And I know they're not going to really do much for 3, because 3 was a little bit of a letdown, to be honest. Um, It was still fun to play. The multiplayer in Mass Effect 3 was amazing. And just imagine if we'd had that now. Like, in 2020, we would have played the crap out of that game. Um I think you're right, Luke. I do like to have varying builds and ways to build characters. And I'm, I'm already thinking about my second run of Cyberpunk once I finish the first. How I'm going to do my character differently. You know, where am I going to build differently? How is my experience going to be different? Because in this first run, it's been a lot of stealth and a lot of tech. Um, and not a whole lot of, you know, just bodying people in melee. Or, you know, being very fast or anything like that. It's it's all, you know, tech uh, as well as um, like shooting, assault rifles, sniping, stealth, that kind of thing. And I hope to go the exact opposite with my second playthrough of Cyberpunk. But, you know, to answer your question a little bit more directly as far as what type of games I like, it, I just have a hard time pinning that down myself uh, because I, I can really get into a lot of different stuff. It's, you know, it's funny. We started talking this 
we were talking about Halo in the Master Chief Collection and playing through campaigns, and we ended up talking about our you know what types of games each other likes yeah. based on <laughs> us. But that's I'm I'm not trying to like you know nail this on the head as far as like our theme of the show, but that's how our conversations were all summer, all mm-hmm. all fall, all spring. Really, you know, we we could start on one topic, Star Wars related, or, or something about Cheez Its, and then we'll end up in in these super detailed conversations. We'll get mad at each other over stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll argue about things, and then in between loading screens, which if you, if you remember loading screens before and this most recent job, God bless. <laughs> Do we spent a lot of time on loading screens in twenty twenty? Yeah. Um, those CFDs, man. Whew. But we'll we'll start sending each other like like just disrespectful memes and whatnot, all and that would all become part of the experience whether we played for an hour or five hours because some of those COVID days got long. Uh, it was like this: it was a circular conversation about video games, entertainment, arguing about Last of Us or Star Wars or the fact that Mass Effect is kind of boring when you think about it. Um, right, it's all types oh, of <laughs> right. yeah. cyberpunk's a broken game doesn't deserve any accolades. I get it. Yeah, dude, absolutely. absolutely. See, this is exactly how it goes, people <laughs> listeners out there. This is exactly how it goes, you know? Yeah. People just don't want to be reasonable and just want to pile in on stuff. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk mm-hmm. plays great on a Series X or on a decent PC, all right? So, Luke, what's the next point you want to make? <laughs> the next point I want to make is this is what we would do. We yeah. would just laugh or argue or whatnot and line up for it the next day. And it's it's those connections, again, that we make that get us through tough times. And... When we were playing, so let's 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 think about it. We we did the Halo campaigns, then we did uh, Halo Wars Two, which Joe, can you remember? Joe fought us on that. He did. He fought he us did on. Did not that. want to play that game. Uh uh-uh. uh He huh. was he was not about. He's like I don't got a strategy. I don't know. I don't think I can do. And so the first few, like the first oh. what month we would play, or maybe the first two weeks, he'd just be like, "Oh, I'm terrible. I'm the worst." I am. I, I was. I was real bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm still the weak link in that game, but, like, I can hold my own a lot better now. Uh, you know, there were a lot of games of that where Joe was able to actually come in very clutch. Mm-hmm. Because, especially in the 3v3, the meta, if you will. The meta. The meta. Yeah. Um, the, what would happen is one of us would always be behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if it was me or Luke, then that's on Joe to kind of pick up the slack. And to produce some offense and to produce produce some counterplay. And I got to say, while at first you were really bad at it, you really kind of came into your own later on yeah. in our time with Halo Wars. Yeah, Kinsano, it was was my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord Attic knows. <laughs> yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> oh, I forgot podcast. all about that. That's God, that right. A, we that got in like a. Match. A joking verbal feud that then Lord Attic from the Iron Lords took very seriously. He took very seriously. He took it very seriously. He he challenged us to some to a deep like multiplayer match, streamed yeah. it on YouTube, yeah. and we crushed him. We crushed him. We did. Crushed him. We, did. we crushed him. Poor it guy. wasn't even funny. It was like <laughs> he had set up for like this multi-hour stream. Yeah. Bam, yeah. 30 minutes. Maybe I think it's 23 <laughs> minutes. 23 minutes. Something like that. So, the, again, I found I found my break. But you know what was the game that I, I was just like, uh, all right, we'll do it for Luke. I think Kevin and I were like, mm-hmm. we'll do it for Luke. And it ended up being possibly one of my game of the year, like this year, mm-hmm. and that's Sea of Thieves. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Kev, were you into Sea of Thieves at all? Because Joe had played with me before. No, I had not touched that game one bit. 
Um, I remember having a passive interest when the game was first announced and shown at E3 a few years ago. And then when it hit and didn't do well, I just, you know, like, okay, well, that's unfortunate. You know, I've missed out on it now. It's not as good as I thought it might be. And it was definitely a surprise to enjoy that game and put as much time into that game as we did over 2020. And I do think that the situation in the world helped to provide us time to play that game but boy is it fun and i you know i'll be honest i can't wait to sell the seas again in the future in 2021 yeah it's a good game man like you really gotta it's kind of <laughs> i'll bring it up it's kind of like a souls game in a sense of like <laughs> Here you, you have to you have to submit yourself to the game you really have to be like okay this is what the game wants of me and and really just just kind of let all preconceived notions go you know what I mean? Well, it's so. deceptive because you think you're about you, – if you're new to Sea of Thieves, obviously anyone listening right now has heard this show before and, and, and recognizes it. But when we were talking about Sea of Thieves, I think to Kev uh, early on, he, he kind of thought it was a kid's game because if you play it once, you don't get it. Yeah. Right? The more you play, the more you realize you don't know about Sea of Thieves and that you need to learn. And kind of like with Halo Wars – once we got going, it would be like YouTube videos and watching how people do things and fight and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and like in in so like I learned a lot uh, when it came to like combat. Combat is always and it's still something we're not like particularly great at. Um, but like when it comes to the cannon, like you want to just to hit the other boat, um, you just want to shoot right above the wave mm-hmm. uh, and not really think of oh this is where he's gonna be. You just want to shoot right above the wave and that'll usually hit the boat pretty dang well. Um, and then even like some of the guns, because like the aiming in that system in that game is rather basic and they know that. So they kind of take away the, the sights on the gun. So each gun has an easier time or a harder time of you aiming down the sights. So like, you really have to like pick the gun that's going to have a better aim down sight. Um, or like, yeah, like, or pick out the, you know, like the sniper for you or the the blunderbuss. Like each one has its its utility. It has to fill out. Um, so yeah, like there is there is depth to that game that I think a lot of people kind of like tried it for that first time. It wasn't for them, obviously, and then just, they're just like, eh, it's cartoonish, and kind of throw it throw it aside. And and I think you do uh that you game do that is- game a misjustice when you do that. That game is the most savage of any yeah. oh, PvP yeah. game I've ever played. People have broken my soul mm-hmm. in Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. So, all right, the biggest thing about it. Okay, so once we got each other into that game, we started playing and, and uh, realizing that we liked, to, you know, like getting cosmetics for our character. We started talking about like strategy. Our buddy Chris Johnston from the Player One podcast, he came in and sailed with us like one time right and then suddenly (laughs) we're using all these new terms and like all this special stuff chris johnson of course an expert 2000 plus hour sea of thieves experience telling he would just be like organize your barrels yeah, and for like, 1055 that island. What's 1055? And then suddenly we're yelling at each other about barrel organization, you know? Right. The next yeah. day, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Who's not organizing these barrels? What is this? What is Dude, this? Dude, there, there was one time where Chris 
that like I think he is like the Houdini of Sea of Thieves because there was like a boat chasing us or whatever and we're all panicking and we just go like hey uh Chris where are you and he's just like I'm on their boat I killed three of them I was like what <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's like okay I'm coming back I'm like what the hell is this this guy a magician like one yeah. of the one of the things about Sea of Thieves, you mentioned, you know, plays that he would make. Like, that game produces so many just cool moments yeah. and so many cool plays. And if you go to YouTube and you watch any of these clips, I know I've, I've tweeted a few, Luke has tweeted a few, any of these clips that happen, if you haven't spent a lot of time in the game, you don't realize just how difficult a lot of that stuff is. Yeah. You know, ending up shooting yourself from one boat to another boat through a cannon is extremely hard. Yeah. You know, and landing on other boats like you talk about him boarding another boat, it's just and there's so many opportunities for those cool moments and you feel so cool when you execute one for the first time that you'll probably never be able to replicate. Yeah. There's so much physics at play in that game. In, in in terms of like like you weigh differently than a cannonball, therefore you're going to shoot differently when you load yourself up in a cannon. Like you know, um, uh, was it chain shot shoots differently than mm-hmm. you know a regular ball, or same with the ballast ball. Like all of these things have you know different type of physics, and that's the cool thing about that game is how it it does play with physics, um, and it, and you're always kind of on your on your feet. But yeah, like also, Luke, it is the most savage game because like it's the most savage and the most relaxing. Yeah. Because one minute you'll be just chilling with your buds, you know, you're off to find some buried treasure. Then all of a sudden, there's a Reaper boat. You know, the 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 PvP players out there that have, are hunting you down. And then all of a sudden, you have all this loot, and you want to get to point, you know, point Z all the way across the map. And you know, the the, the Reapers are right in front of you. It's like it's, it's those moments that are just so so tense that that make competitive games so great. Well, yeah. So so we would text each other like Yarg, and Yarg was was code for boys jump on. We're going yeah. to do some sea sea of thieving. But what was so funny is like our moods would really affect how that game played out because you oh, yeah. go you log in and you have to decide what role you're going to be. And at first we were like, no, we'll never try PvP because we're bad. And so we would pick you know gold hoarder or merchant or or. Uh, souls, soul, order of souls. We would go out into the seas, hoping for a relaxing evening, and get into this jam where suddenly it's the most intense set of battles, and we're all laughing and uh, yelling and screaming. I mean, so after we got those like special terms from Chris, we would start like getting on each other about high levels of play, and then yep. we would suddenly be in these scenarios. That could only happen in Sea of Thieves at the same time. And it just became, the, the pressure just rose. You get a little bit of gold, then you want a little bit more, a little bit more. Suddenly you've got way too much on board and there's three ships coming after you. And the smallest threat is suddenly the largest. Well, no. So I guess that's the thing with Sea of Thieves is there's this, always these high pressure moments that happen out of nowhere. And the smallest threat. I mean, it's just over and over again. I kept thinking, man, this could only happen here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a really special game that I don't feel like enough people give a chance because, like, on the surface, it is really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and there isn't, in the beginning, much to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say, like, it's, you remember what I said prior? It's like kind of like a Souls game. You kind of have to surrender yourself to the game mm-hmm. and allow it to just kind of work its way into you. And once you find that it starts clicking, like the the treasure and the the loop, 
then you're like, oh, I get why this game is so cool. I get why this game is so special. And seriously, Sea of Thieves is like one of the most unique games in gaming. Um, well, we real. started, we decided we wanted to be Pirate Legends, and that changed yeah. everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Gave us a goal to go after. You know, it's not just we're just ambiently playing for a bunch of gold to buy a bunch of cosmetics. It, it gave us something to shoot for, which I think you really need in a lot of these sandbox game environments. You know, you can't just have the sandbox and say, go have fun. There needs to be something to do, um, which is going to bring me around to Luke's favorite topic of Marvel's Avengers. Oh, where, gosh, here we are. Oh, Jesus, You Christ. know, <laughs> we played that game for a little bit. We gave it a good shot. And um, when you get to the end game, that's just it. Like, there's no super tough content to get to. Like, after you finish the story, like, the grind is just the grind. There's no final objective in there. And that's one of the things that I hope that that game can add to its comeback in 2021. But that's what one of the things you mentioned, the Pirate Legend goal in Sea of Thieves. I think that's part of what hooked us, is we had this end game goal we don't really get more powerful. That's one of the beautiful things of Sea of Thieves is its simplicity and balance. Mm-hmm. You don't get better with anything but time and practice and skill improve, improvement. Mm-hmm. And there was this goal to shoot for. Like, we have to be this good to achieve this goal. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Marvel Avengers is not a good game. But, like, I, I definitely like where you're drawing the comparisons at. That's what I really respect. I've heard this damn conversation a hundred and fifty times with these two, and it gets me every time because I always agree with both of them, and I'm and we, they will fight y'all. They will fight y'all. They will fight for so long. We'll throw Suck hands. Great. Throw hands. Suck great. They do. Oh my gosh. Go ahead, boy. Let's let's hear it, gents. Give me your All thirty right, you second know, pitch. It's. <laughs> I'll agree that it's not great. It's not a great game. The gameplay that underlies all the problems is very solid. There's there's some good to be had there. There's some fun to be had there. When it was on sale for 25, 30 bucks, like that's an amazing price for that game. You'll get every dollar you want out of that game for that price point. Um just playing through the main story, which was a great story. And there we're done with that thirty seconds. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't worry, I won't. I won't even need ten seconds. He would have if gone was... on for three to five minutes on, yeah. on that one. <laughs> and I'll just end it with this: If it was a good game, people would still be playing it. All right, next topic, <laughs> oh <my> Luke. <laughs> I don't know. We became pirate legends, and it was dope. Yeah, dude. Okay, so we did when we were playing Sea of Thieves. That came around Halo Wars. We bounced between them. That was while in the single player world, uh, I think it was Last of Us was arriving. Was we were doing Sea yeah. of Thieves and Last of Us at the same time. But before that, we did or Kevin and I did God of War, and mm-hmm. we talk about that while we played Halo, so and good. and then we did the that Sea of Thieves Last of Us. What a weird juxtaposition because that mm-hmm. was a. Last of Us arguments were pivotal, pivotal while we were on the seas. Yeah, um, that one. So Sea of Thieves, I think bouncing around Sea of Thieves and Last of Us wasn't too difficult for me because it was it was adding like levity to a serious game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just hate when you bring up the Last of Us that it has to be so contentious that it has to be you know this 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 like 
you do or die me, type of thing. Me specifically? No, no. Listen, do like, <laughs> not, <laughs> not you specifically. Not not you specifically. It, it is like um, you know, because the internet's the internet. You you have to have the like. You 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 either think that this game is the, the greatest game ever made, or it's the worst thing, and it's an abomination. Because there's no way a game can live up to you know expectations nowadays, especially sequels. Crackdown. And so, I get it. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that game, you know, when it was leaked in May, was doomed to have that conversation because of all the leaks and stuff. So switching off between Last of Us and and Sea of Thieves wasn't wasn't difficult because it added that much needed like break because it's a it's a heavy game, you know, and somehow it won the trophy room game of the year, which oh, I, I thought was if you count the legal votes, Ghost of Tsushima that's had true. it. That's true. If you, you know what, I'll talk. I'm gonna text Kyle that right now. Yeah, there you go. Let him know. Let him know. Right, if you count the legal votes, <laughs> <laughs> yep. There we go. Text him now. I'm gonna see what he what he has to say. But yeah, but, but okay. And here's one to, for you guys, God of War. I'll pass this to Kev. Um, y'all are Xbox folks, right? Mm-hmm. That's how sure. I see y'all. You disgust Correct. me. Um, <laughs> playing God of War after I've begged and pleaded. Uh huh. What are your thoughts in 2020, where you know games really do constantly improve and evolve drastically in just mm-hmm. a few years? Yep. God of War. Your thoughts, Kev. God of War is one of the top three, if not the best game I have ever played. It is, there was nothing wrong with that game. Like, finding things to say that were wrong with that game just feels so nitpicky that it's not even worth it. The combat's amazing. The story is amazing. The world is amazing. Um, Everything about that game was great. I'm really glad I finally got around to playing it. I've actually owned it for much longer than um, much longer time than it took for me to actually get around to it. It, it was in the backlog for quite a while, and mm-hmm. then I think Luke picked it up first, and I was like, you know what? If Luke's going to be playing it now, we can have this conversation as we go through it together. I'm going to start going through it, and boy, that boy, that was boy. a heck of a good time playing that game. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, that was. What about you, Luke? Oh man, God of War carries so much weight to it because yeah. we, it really was the pandemic that was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get bored if I don't diversify. And I love my PS4 or loved it when I had it and, and love Spider-Man. And there were, there were a couple games that I just, I mean, I, I was started the generation on PS4, but I had yeah. missed some of those key franchises like uh, the rebirthed God of War. And in playing that and getting to have the conversations with Kev, I knew probably five hours in that this was going to be incredible. And now I truly believe it is the best game ever made. Uh, It has to be on any game of the year list. And it really, I think, helps with perspective for where Xbox is, where uh, narratives can be single-player co-op, multiplayer, comparing it to to Gears uh, and, and Halo. And it... It opened the door to a lot of conversations and attitudes about all those topics that I really liked. Yeah. I I think when I look back on God of War and playing it on my PS5 for a bit, um, yeah, like, to go back to Kev's point, like, to find problems with this game, you really have to nitpick. Like, I really do think that this this is the closest to a perfect game 
that I've experienced. And like, I joke around when I say like, you know, Bloodborne is the game of the generation. <laughs> it's true. It really is amazing. But like God of War is honestly my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. It's just narratively, I, I, I can see a lot of things coming in mm-hmm. narratives, like stories. And with that one, especially towards the end, I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And when that hit, I was like, what the, what the shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game is something else. <laughs> so, like, for me, I it was cool to, like, live vicariously through you guys as you were experiencing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, that was something really cool because, like, you guys would be talking. I'm like, I know this and I can't really tell you. <laughs> you know, it was, it was weird because we were having those same moments, those same odd um just just interactions with the gaming world in sea of thieves in a very different way those outrageous Mm -hmm. what how could that happen i remember we were talking about how great god of war uh looked and then joe you logged in a little bit after kev and i and saw a sunset and you're like this is the best looking game ever and i was just sitting there thinking that about (laughs) god of war and it was just a really cool uh comparison point yeah Yep. So we went through the, our summertime was Halo Wars and and a lot of Sea of Thieves and we dabbled in a couple things towards the end of summer and fall. Kev pushed us to play <laughs> Rogue Company, right? Right. That was a platinum for me. Yeah. Uh, yep, got that 1k. Go ahead, Kev, defend yourself. Why do we have to play Rogue Company? I don't think I was the one that pushed it initially. I pushed it for that one time that I streamed it, all right? Mm-hmm. That that was the really the one time that I actually pushed it. I think we were all kind of like, oh, look, it's a free-to-play competitive-style shooter. Let's try it. And yeah. don't kid yourselves and say you didn't have fun with it, because we did. We yeah. had some fun times in that game. Um, it fell off very quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Um, as we hit our skill cap and started getting destroyed by people, yeah. Um, which will make any game fall off. You know, it's not yeah. fun to not be competitive. It's one it's thing to lose. Game. It's, it's very one thing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's another thing to lose when you never had a chance. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just not fun at all. That probably yeah. came from one of his sports ball things he makes us hear about. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was all me, 100%. I made that up on the spot right now. Joe, how many times do we have to hear about NC State or some some God. sports unit ball thing this year? While we I, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I can't. I, we should have kept a tally because it was disgusting. Well, you know, oh, I have, I have this basketball game. He always has his goddamn game in the back. It's like, what, what are you doing here? Yesterday was baseball. Sports are, are a big part of the rest of the world, okay? And we won't dive into that because this isn't a sports podcast. Right. However, what do you mean this year of all years, 2020, was the year I finally accomplished one of my life goals of A, having a job that allows me to take advantage of season tickets to a football game, but be owning season tickets to a football, to the football games for NC state. And you had to choose 2020. To have and I chose 2020 season. to accomplish that life goal. Right. And, you know, luckily I was able to get a refund. Um, you know, so Mark that as another life goal. I, refund I, on season tickets. It's like you complete the objective in cyberpunk, but the quest is bugged. So you don't really complete it. You know, exactly. Exactly. I remember 2020 Kev- cyberpunk. 
wrestling with that decision on the mic. We would try to replay whatever game, and he'd be like, guys, I really don't know what I should do. Should I should I just get the st- tickets for next season, let them keep, carry over, or should I should I get this refund? I remember him like wrestling with that, and I remember which map it was on Rogue Company, where I remember not Rogue <laughs> Company. Oh, God, I, don't, I, I just can remember Kev wrestling his way through that yeah. whole sports ball decision. Kev, when you get the vaccine, you go get those season tickets as a reward. How about that? Look, if you think I'm not buying 2021 tickets as soon as they come available, then you're incorrect, sir, because I'm mm-hmm. absolutely going to buy them. And if 2021 doesn't have a football season, then I guess we'll sort that out when we get there. Oh, is, is that what they're talking about? They're like, let's just cancel the season? Oh, no. You, you mean a season where I can attend games uh, safely and responsibly okay. and whatnot. Wearing a mask and socially distancing. I get it. All mm-hmm. that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm thinking about? The, while we're talking about this sports ball thing, it's just reminded me of how much the real world changed for us. Uh, and what we went through outside of gaming in in the early part of the year. We I came into the 2020 really sick, which I we think was COVID. My family thinks it was, was based on all the symptoms. And then we got sent home. We're confused about it. Kev went through like job stuff. You got laid off because of mm-hmm. that. I was teaching from home. They didn't know if we would get paid the next year. Uh, unemployment rates went, went way high. Everybody started jumping online with these sob stories. And all the while, we're arguing about God of War and whatnot to keep ourselves yeah. sane. Yeah. You know, it's I, been a year. And like I graduated, I graduated college to end up that's unemployed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like in the like in the, the to make like to make it even worse, like to put salt in the wound, like my my, my professor's like, This is the heart of like PR. Like the tri state area. You're in it. And then immediately right like I w- I had the promise of a job towards the end of this internship. And they literally fired a third of their staff in just under two weeks. And that that was that uh, you know, we 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 had these two like valedictorians the year prior who had got these big cushy jobs at one of the biggest PR places mm-hmm. um, in the world, and they lost their jobs. And like when like I'm talking to the valedictorian of my class, and she's been unemployed as long as I have, just trying to look, and it's de pressing especially in 2020 right like where yeah like you do need this sense of escape and that's why i'm so glad for you guys mm-hmm. so glad for the games that we're playing so glad that there's a new administration so glad that there's a vaccine so that we can start getting back on track you know but think about where our heads were at two months ago four months yeah. ago six months ago for me was, two weeks ago two weeks right? ago yeah i mean yeah well yeah. The list, i don't know if we've said it Joe, you had COVID real bad, real bad. Yep. And it's very weird uh, to kind of say goodbye to people. And we had that in our text messages too. mm -hmm. Like, hey, gang, this is happening. Just want you guys to know. Uh, Very like I I, I sent that to you guys. I sent that to Kyle. I sent that to Amy, um, uh, who is my my longest friend. Um, And like it is the weirdest feeling of just like, okay, so if my breathing's not good, got to go to the hospital. And, you know. Uh, in, in in the corner of my head, you know, thinking about our, our mutual friend Guru, who is mm-hmm. still in the hospital, mm-hmm. in critical condition. You know, yep. thoughts, prayers go out to him. Uh, we're going to be doing an awesome charity thing for him in in, yep. in mid January, and thinking like somehow I'm cheating. You know, yeah, like it should be me and not him. Um, that was that was the hardest two weeks because 
I really felt the most alone because like I didn't really have you guys. I I didn't have the strength to play a game. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the strength to be on mic. Um, it was just very depressing. Uh, and in honestly, it was the worst. It was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life, and I still have the residual effects, like the mind fog, mm-hmm. where like twelve o'clock hits and I can't think straight at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my reaction and- time is so slow. I'll tell you where your specific situation to me became real serious, Joe, was because we joke about anything and everything. Mm -hmm. It is so much more than you ever will see from us in public when it's just the three of us. And you said something and I made a joke and I think Luke might have made a joke. And then you were Both like, "Both of no, them were guys. funny. <laughs> Both yeah, of they them were funny. funny. <laughs> let's let's be clear. They were funny jokes. They were good. But Joe was like, no. Yeah. And that was kind of like, all right, this is this is reality now. Yes. You know that that was where your particular situation kind of really hit home for me is realizing yeah. like, man, this could this could be bad. Yes. Um. You know, we know I think that we did joke about. So this is how dark we get. We did joke about me dying and you guys taking some of the statues in the back. And we that's did. why I was like, hey, gang, we got to cool with this joke because because <laughs> I didn't want to like tell everybody. But I'm like, I'm getting progressively worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, that that was yeah, that was definitely a moment for you guys, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, the worst part about that was, you know, we, we make, you know, these awful jokes all year. Like yeah. you and I have a thing where we'll be like, oh, you suck, boo. Yeah. Um, I mean it, just to, to be clear. No, yeah, you do. You're awful. You suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel bad. Um, but it was funny because it really mattered to me, and I was I would be mad at you if you weren't online or something like that. Yeah. Like if we like, do you know how we always like we knew at X time we were all getting on no matter what. Yeah, I knew that it that our our friendships had all climbed when Kevin could message me and say like, "Yo, where you at?" or Yo, where's Joe at? And we yeah. expected it. And all to take all those friendship moments that we had through the year, like we would cry through some stories, have, be frustrated mm-hmm. about stuff, be angry. And then I remember being most mad at you when I was like, no, I'm not kidding. If you die, I really want a statue. <laughs> <laughs> I want something to remember you by. That right? was the thing. And I knew you wouldn't like yeah. connect that. Or, or, or yeah. I knew that you didn't have time to think about that. But I was like, yeah. no, no, right. no. I totally want a statue. It's like a little, little bunny. Which one do you want? You want the God of War one? You want the Spider-Man one? Which one? Is that a Batman? Do you have a Batman one? No, that's Father. No, <laughs> no that's... Uh... Sp- Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Because I have right, the, Spider-Man the like GameStop knockoff statue for mine because I couldn't get a collector's edition. All right. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair there enough. we go. There we go. All right. You know, so if I die <laughs> randomly, you guys know who the culprit is. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, and, uh, too many jokes for that one now. In <laughs> <laughs> other things that, uh, yeah. you know, we were talking a little bit about things that we've gone through in 2020 and all that. Luke mentioned me being laid off. And I got to say that I definitely relied on YouTube for advice in that bit of that situation because, uh, and I'll tell the story. I'll try to be brief about it. I know I get long winded when I get telling stories, but Saddle up, boys. <laughs> I, uh, I worked retail for 13 years and I left my job in January to take a recruiting job in the aviation industry. So about the worst possible industry to be in when <laughs> COVID hits, right? So yeah. mid-March, they tell me I'm getting furloughed. And I'm like, okay, so furlough is temporary. As soon as things clear up, we'll be back at it. 
they had said 60 days initially. So mid-July, if you're doing the math there, that's four months. Yeah. Uh, they called me and they're like, hey, we want you to come back. And I'm like, cool. I'm happy to come back. I'm ready to come back. I didn't really look for a job during those four months because I was expecting to go back. Yeah. And they said. we all thought this would be over by June. Right. Really did. You know? Wash your hands and we'd be done. And uh, my employer said, but we want you to travel and do in-person recruiting events in Atlanta, Seattle, Houston, you know, DC, all these different places. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Because I had just heard from people who had been traveling how airlines weren't prepared and weren't following social distancing guidelines, weren't enforcing masks or or any of that stuff. And I was like, I'm not okay with that. So I had some long, hard conversations with you guys, um, Mm -hmm. with other people in my life. Uh, but since this is po- this episode of this podcast is about our relationship with advice on like, what do I do here? And ultimately yep. I ended up saying, I'll come work, but I'm not traveling. And they said, then you can't come work. And that was that. And we moved on mm-hmm. and uh, things got real scary there and escaping and talking about other things and deflecting and making jokes is how I get through a lot of those tough times. And that's exactly what we do when we game together. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we do in our chat. So, it was you guys that were having a lot of that, giving me that sidebar to get away from the problems of, man, I don't have a job now. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And yeah. to get away from all of that and to play games and play, explore all these different worlds and become pirate legends and you know win matches in competitive games. Like That was really what helped me get through that and keep me motivated on applying for jobs and getting into, you know, something now I'm back recruiting again. And is it like my dream job to be doing this? No, but it's a job. And I'm super thankful to have that now uh, because there's so many people out there that still don't. And not only that, I'm super thankful to be in the position where I can give other people that same relief. The jobs I'm handing out aren't great jobs, but they're better than taking in nothing. Yeah. And honestly, like, it, it, like our friendships, it, it has, has grown so much where, you know, I, I told you guys, like, once the COVID fog's gone, I want to work on my resume. And like, I'm, I, I plan on ha- handing it off to you, Kev, so you could get, show me what, what's right, what's wrong type of deal, you know? I, since, the disrespect. Since Luke, the English t- teacher can't even spell parlor right, you know, this guy. <laughs> Man, I'll say, and the word, you know, every time I try to be very, like, thoughtful on my Twitter or whatnot about yeah. video games, and then I would try to tweet something funny and autocorrect would get me. Kevin uh-huh. Joe screenshot me, like, nice job, teach. <laughs> it must suck being an English teacher because any miss, like you know, like misspell, you're just gonna get it. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. Oh my gosh! So I'm trying to think about the, as the new consoles approached right. uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, we had like the social. We had already been through the social change of Black Lives Matter, which we all talked about a lot. Right. Then we had an election in the real world. Mm-hmm. All the while trying to get new systems. What do you think has been? Uh, what's been a longer day trying to get a pre-order in uh, to any of the systems, or, or November sixth? Honestly, goodness, mm-hmm. uh, my pre-order situation pretty easy. Jim Ryan gave me a personal card, 
Mm-hmm. He's just like, I love you, Joe. Thank you so much for what you do at the trophy room. All that stuff, you know, it's, it's little things. Um, obviously, November 6th, that, that day lasted a week. <laughs> <laughs> literally. It literally, literally lasted a week. Literally. But it I really do does, love yeah. the memes that came out of that, man. Mm-hmm. Like the Avengers with the mail-in ballots. That was, that was great. Hindsight, fantastic. But uh, obviously, yeah, like, this was the weirdest launch mm-hmm. because there were no lines. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been anyway. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it was it was a different feeling for me, especially for the PS5 stuff that I was so hyped for, because I was waiting for a FedEx truck. That's oh, what like yeah. I was yeah, like like I was waiting looking out the window, looking at like whatever. And I remember my brothers came in first. And I thought it was mine. Mm. And I remember him like like because I was just like, Oh, this is an extra PS5 I'm gonna have for for someone out there, and they already they already got one. And so my brother's like, oh, you got an extra? Joe, 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 please. I don't ask you for much. Please, please. I'll pay you right here, right now. I'm like, all right, fine. And then, like, mine finally coming in at, like, 2, 3 o'clock. It was just such a surreal feeling. And it was the first feeling of, like, life is good. This is great. I like this. This is That was the first, like, really great day of 2020. You know, like, real world stuff aside. It was just, like, the first... All right, you know I'm gonna forget about the world for a good week and a half. That's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Kev got his Xbox first. No, Joe, was it Kev or Joe? One of you guys got your Xbox first, and then mine was delayed by like two or three days. Uh, so yes. we would go to play Sea of Thieves, and you'd be like, "I'm in, I'm in," and I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> "Not even sure that was me." Pretty was sure that yeah. was me. I got I, my Series X on the launch date as promised by Microsoft because I yeah. did pre-order through Microsoft. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the anxiety of trying to get a pre-order in. I got my pre-order done first, too, uh, through Microsoft because I got that done, I don't know, like maybe 10 o'clock the day they went out, like mm-hmm. within an hour. Um, yeah. It was really lucky on my part, and I was really excited about it. That was one of the most hype moments of being able to, like, yes. I have secured this pre-order, much less the day that it shows up. And you mm-hmm. finally get to unbox this beast and set it up. And then I still remember the first time I loaded Sea of Thieves. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm in? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, uh, for, for me, I got my Series X the same day of my PS5. And I remember the Series X just sitting in that box <laughs> for like a good solid day or two. Because I couldn't be bothered. Like I was so much more excited for my for my PS5. What? It's still like, I, I feel like this the, the Series X deserves a better home because I don't use it nearly as much as I, I think I should be. You don't now. You were using your Xbox every day. Yeah. When, before... I have a blue controller. You did? I'm a real fan. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> it's a Sonic Blue. But you were using it every day until we started playing uh, Call of Duty or Fortnite as our main yeah. games. But you were doing it all the time. You would jump on our, on your Xbox with us, and we would play there. But thanks to Crossplay, which I think hit its stride in 2020, that we've actually done a lot of cross-network play. Like, yeah. you'd be on your PlayStation, because that's your preferred ecosystem. We'd be on our Xboxes. And I also think you had more to play. Like, there's a reason to play uh, your PlayStation 5 on day one, Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah man. Mm-hmm. What again? And even just like my PlayStation in general, like it is, it is my preferred ecosystem. It is my preferred controller, which I never thought I'd say. Um, but like, <laughs> it sounds weird to say. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, like Ghost of Tsushima, man, what a masterpiece of a game, Sucker Punch. You deserve all the things. Um, with the PS5, like, yeah, Miles Morales, what a, what an amazing achievement of a, of a game. 
Like just to have that so out so fast, uh, you know, since the original launch two years prior and it standing on its own as a solid standalone experience. It, it is a Lost Legacy game. And I think a lot of people thought and, and, and think it is still, but it is just because it's a smaller experience. It is still one of the best experiences I've had this year. And then along with that, Demon Souls, which is a game I've already sunk 67 hours in, and I'm about like probably 20 hours till the platinum of that game, if I'm really thinking hard about it. So like, yeah, that game, fantastic. And Astro's Playroom is honestly a, just a gem. A gem you didn't think you know would would be so great. I'm going to be real with you, too. If I had gotten both, I probably would have been more excited to set up my PS5 as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. like you said, there are so many things to experience and play on your PS5 day one. And not that Xbox didn't have things to play, but most of the things that I was very excited about checking out on my Series X were things I had already played. And I just wanted to see the performance improvements. Yeah. Um, that's really the big leap this gen for me is, you know... Everything just runs so much smoother and loads so much faster. Uh, I'm going to harp on another game that I played a lot of this year that I did not play with either of you, and that's Borderlands 3. If you played Borderlands 3 at all in last gen and have not played it on a next gen console, you're doing yourself a disservice. That game is so gorgeous in its art style and so smooth on the next gen consoles it is absolutely worth a revisit and i would highly recommend the dlc because the dlc is actually better than the main game we use i've heard the term borderlands mentioned alongside avengers crackdown and oh i i want to say mass effect because we would argue in circles all the time but we didn't want to play borderlands 3 uh because the, the versions that we were playing at launch just weren't compelling it wasn't until the dlcs but you got into the like the numbers aspect of it and then you talked about it and compared it to avengers and anthem uh during our discussions well i I made that comparison because borderlands and all those other games they have a grind and it's the same thing i mentioned about avengers earlier there's got to be something to do when you get to that max cap of how good you can be as a character, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you grind your Thor to max in um, in Avengers, which I have done, there's nothing oh, to oh. do. Oh, <laughs> my curve. There's my nothing. hopes are max. Yeah. It's true. There's nothing to do with that, you know? You get the number, you get the achievement, and that's it. Like, there's no raids to go experience. There's no extra challenging content to go through. But in Borderlands, when you hit that level cap, you can go and try. There's two raids in the game right now. Uh, one of them is a blast to play through. The other one is good, but it's a little more frustrating than it is good. And the rewards for the raid aren't very good. Um, none of the weapons that they added were super great from the second raid. Yeah. And then not only that, they continued to add more DLC content. And the raids were added free, by the way. That was not paid DLC they added the paid DLC, which it was good to be for. So I think the analogy still is is correct to say that with Borderlands, you can grind your way up to your max level, max out your character, get the get really good loot and everything, and then use it. With Avengers, there's nowhere to use it. With Anthem, there wasn't really anywhere to use all this stuff that you grinded yeah. for. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. 
maybe maybe this is one of the, the last topics of the show. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. What is your game of the year 2020? Oh, I, I hate what that question. It? I just hate that question. Why? Because because we never understand uh, or agree on what on what game of the year means. Correct. Right. You know, I think it changes every year. It does. So when yeah. you're when you're asking me right now, are you talking about like games that came out in 2020? Just the just the games that defined 2020. For for Kevin and I, I think God of War is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, Sea of Thieves is because I'd always liked Sea of Thieves. But I love Sea of Thieves now because of our time gaming together. Yeah. Uh, Halo Wars 2 did a lot for us. Um, yeah. And then, uh, sorry, Kev. Man, I'm really liking Fortnite a lot. It's, there's, rec- <laughs> there's recency bias with that. But we've put- yeah. we, ended, we yeah. ended our year starting Fortnite. And now we're, we're, we all have Fortnite crew and we're Green Arrow. And, That's right. You know, like. I'm back now, in it, baby. Like, yes. <laughs> My game is Oh, Kev, yeah. go ahead, man. To to answer that question, if you go by just what we've played that's had the biggest impact this year, um, I'm going to have a hard time making a case for anything that's not Sea of Thieves. Like that, that for me is really just going to be difficult to make a case against for the game, the best game, the game that impacted me the most throughout 2020. It, it's got to be Sea of Thieves, really. Mm. Um, and part of that's a time perspective part of that's a playing with friends perspective because i'm not playing that game by myself i'm not solo slooping it around that's just not fun um but beyond that you know god of war i I can't argue with that choice either because that was a seriously wonderful experience and if anyone has slept on that stop stop Mm. it Get some help. Get a PlayStation. <laughs> Play God of War. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is an Xbox podcast. You got to cool it down with that PlayStation. <laughs> well, you know, you can have both. Why not both, right? Yeah. I have both, but it's not a PS5. It's just a PS4. But, anyway, then well, I'm going to give you one, one more on this game of the year 2020 real quick. Kev's going to do this. He's going to do A game that launched in 2020 is Cyberpunk, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And I have okay. crossed the 80-hour mark in that. There is still a ton to do. I love that world. I love the character progression. It's a shame that so many people can't play it because of bugs. Yeah. And I get that. But if we set those performance issues aside and we look at the performance that I've had on Xbox Series X, it is. It, there's no way. If you talk about games that launched in 2020, I can't put anything above that. Yeah. And- I... I, well, I like the logic because I, I recognize that games evolve, and I think the version that I'm going to play of Cyberpunk, Kev, is going to be way better than the one you did. But I'm also missing out on the whole conversation. I just chose not to do it. And even, like, Joe's playing Watch Dogs right now. That was one of my game of the years, for sure. I love yeah. Watch Dogs Legion. But when you first played it, Joe, you were disappointed by it. And then the yeah. upgrade, uh, the next-gen patch, and the bug fixes made a difference, yeah? Yeah, man. I'm now really digging it. Um, and, and like the ray tracing in that game is nuts out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's two games. Uh, and, and I, I had a lot to think about these past two weeks <laughs> as I was getting ready for the trophy room awards. Oh. And I really do think, <laughs> it, it, like with my heart of hearts, um, and my dog even agrees in the back that it's, it's, it's definitely the last of us part two. It's just a technical showcase. Like it's a, like it is a technical, how that game runs on a PS4 absolutely amazes me. 
But what's the point if it if it makes this incredible experience and then it tells you to be miserable the whole time? No, it tells you to let go of your hate. It tells you to let go. And All I right, think that's Ryan really Johnson. not how we win. Yeah, it's not exactly. how we win. Exactly. <laughs> not sometimes fighting we gotta what think we a little bit so sometimes we gotta think a little bit like knives out here, okay? Uh and look inward at ourselves and say, Is this the person that I wanna be? Man. Um How much and, do we argue I, about about Star Wars this year? <laughs> Dude, it's like a <laughs> weekly thing. It real yeah. talk, it really is. But I think the game that made me feel nice mm-hmm. is Ghost of Tsushima. Like that the disrespect. Is... We played how many hours of Sea of Thieves? Well, Sea of Thieves, I think, is a good is is third right there, simply because what Kev said. I can't solo sloop. Mm-hmm. I can't solo sloop at all. It, that's where the game's boring to me. But like when it comes to Ghost, that the open world design in that game is fantastic because it takes so many odes from Breath of the Wild and makes some meaningful changes to make it unique, stand on its own legs, and at the same exact time... What are you doing with your hands? Get out of here. Uh, and at the same exact time, it, it's like like the direction of the wind where it's telling you where to go. You're constantly running into new things to do, new things to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the, the game is giving you a old classic you know, sur- samurai film... Uh, type of type of type of story, and you don't get that in games, and that's what I really dug because for those two games, yeah, like you don't get a game like The Last of Us in, in games often that really do challenge you, uh, ch- challenge your way of thinking. Same with like like you don't get to see a lot of samurai films, you know, like game adaptations like you do with Ghosts, and I think those two games are really special. And I think the reason why Last of Us snuck in at the very end is I keep thinking about that last scene. Like, that last scene is just insanely powerful for me. Uh, and when I'm thinking of ghosts, I'm just constantly thinking about running in those fields, you know, with, with my horse, mm-hmm. you know? Never in our friendship do we ever worry about what system is better or which ecosystem is preferred. We just cared about playing together. Yeah. Uh, and that w- w- was something that permeates in XEP, I think, in the trophy room. And all of the content creator stuff is impacted by, I think, the group of people you spend your time with gaming-wise. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. Like, you know, you see shows that are just console war this, console war that, or just speak downly towards one thing and, and only praise, you know, the, the certain thing. But, like, gaming is more than that. It's more than the uh, the emblem on a plastic box. Mm-hmm. It is about the experiences you have, whether it's solo or with friends like us. You know, like that. That's that's what I think. You know, more people really need to to lean on rather than ask questions or make videos of about why the Xbox controller still uses AA batteries. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those stories that are absolutely meaningless that don't add to anything other than a click uh, mm-hmm. on on a search. Like that's. That's really it, and then yeah, I really, I really dug that too because I didn't have to think about, you know, twenty twenty is the year I used my Xbox the most, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and, and it, it gave me that extra appreciation because I was never like a fanboy of of either side. I I always look at PlayStation as the beat that I'm reporting on, mm-hmm. but really it gave me that extra layer of knowledge about Xbox so that. If I am talking about something relating to Xbox on the trophy room, I'm not t- talking completely out of my ass, right? It is something <laughs> sure. that I, I do at least have a little bit of knowledge on. I never claim to be the expert, but it is something that, that I definitely appreciate. 
Kevo, any thoughts there? You know, the console wars are so dated. You know, mm-hmm. I, you can go on. Uh, there's a documentary on Netflix, and I don't remember the name of it right now. That really dives into a lot of that back with Nintendo and Sega uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. and you know, I watched that because you know, quarantine. What else am I supposed to do? And it was very good. It was very informative. And I really, I don't care to consume any of that content where it's just like, oh, everybody, so and so's an Xbox or so and so's a Sony pony. I know we meme on each other for being those things, but. Yeah. The reality is none of us is those things. We just have our preferences and we get along with each other and we play with each other regardless of those preferences. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what gaming is about. It's not about this mine's better than yours. It's about how can we better play together? And that's really the core of it. And that's why I'm so glad that crossplay not only is a thing, but is becoming so much more of a thing. And I can't wait for it to hit more games that should have had it to begin with. I'm looking at you, Borderlands and <laughs> Avengers. Um, and, and honestly, like to, to, to jump on that, I very much appreciate Phil Spencer. There's always a lot of God worship when it comes to Phil Spencer. Like he's a second coming. I get it. He really he he did save that that business. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of God worship with him that gets me a little weirded out. Especially like you know, like we we play on it with with the trophy room as well. And I still Andrew has his mail, but like you know. In which he is a big dominion. <laughs> okay. you know, congratulations to Phil for really nailing home this whole generation of just games, 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 rather than platform, platform, platform. Mm-hmm. He's trying to build the best platform that he can be without trying to really, you know, build those walls of of talking down. Like he'll 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 admit that he plays PlayStation. He'll admit that he enjoys the DualSense controller. Like mm-hmm. there are things that I think that's what we need to hear as gamers because i do feel like um we always yearn for the validation of other markets because we are bigger than them like we want our award shows to outdo the oscars but we're still also a very immature uh uh uh, section you know we're we're young where we still you know are yeah just immature when it comes to like Whose box is best? And those conversations, they they don't matter. It really doesn't. Like it's weird that we have these conversations about these boxes, but we don't when it comes to TVs. You know, we we really don't when it comes to like laptops or like computers. Um, You know, like you get a little bit of it maybe still with phones, but even that's kind of died out. Like this is really one of the only industries, at least maybe I'm talking out of my ass here, out of ignorance. Always like that we always. That we still have these dumb us versus them mentalities. It's just silly. Stop. Yeah, well, you stop got very it. you got very preachy in that, uh, but you're so right. And you, you took that to the point that I was going. And while you're you were should have been a preacher, man. While you were going on there and doing this very deep and and thoughtful response on the industry, I was thinking about all the dumb inside jokes we had all year, and the dumb <laughs> things we talk about. Yeah. In 2020, while we were gaming, uh, Tiger King, we have, oh, of course, yeah. Mandalorian Season 2, uh, so we have plenty of Star Wars casting things. Disney yeah. Plus really came into its own with the Marvel stuff. Uh, Hugh became one of our main jokes. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were on... I, I, I was on X-Cast and got to, to mention the words Trophy Room, which was like, yeah. like a coolest thing friendship-wise I could do for... For Joe, and then also, Kev started streaming for I think a really cool reason. Do you want to share that? Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing that? 
I do. Um, you know, one he does mind one <laughs> one thing that I wanted to do with streaming. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I really want to do, but one was I wanted to do something a little more creative for myself because um, I've always had the knowledge of being able to use Photoshop at like an adequate level, and I wanted to come up with this theme, and I wanted to like you know set my layout up and all that stuff. That just seemed like fun. But the real reason behind the stream was because I think the three of us are funny and entertaining. And I'm I think the funny we have one. have a good time. Okay, yeah, you're the funny <laughs> one, right? And uh, I wanted to bring more people into that. I wanted to have that available for an audience. So I, I decided that I would start streaming on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash hometown hero, replace the E's with threes, and um, just have you guys there with me when I stream so that we can bounce off each other and have a chat to bounce off as well and bring more people in and bring more people together and have it be just a place for people to hang out and enjoy mm-hmm. playing some games and look it, not necessarily because I was streaming because Charles was around before that. My friend Charles has become a big part of our, our little gaming group as well. And not only that, but also Suddy and our friend Herman. Mm-hmm. you know, we're growing, we're getting more people to run with more people to play games with. And uh, that was really the goal was to have this little bit of a community around the three of us, what we've done the past two years or so of gaming about every day. Yeah. Didn't once mention the part about me stopping streaming and that. And I thought that was a cool thing that you, you also did when I, so I stopped streaming in 2020 cause I was, di- I just, I was camera tired from doing it for a job and every stream that I was doing it, Kev was in the chat and helping me with production and giving me tips cause I'm not good at any of that. <laughs> and and you uh, said to me that you had started it also because I couldn't do it anymore, but I still liked being around it. Right. I didn't want to put that on you there, but that is part of it too. So, yeah, when you stopped, I felt like you w- missed it but didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I felt like us having that theme of my channel being us goofing around and goofing around with other people gave you a little bit of an opportunity to do that without the stress of it and without worrying about it. So I'm, I'm happy to have provided that for you. Mm-hmm. And Joe, what about you trophy room wise or any inside jokes that we had or anything there that kind of just stuck out as far as you for the last year? Um, honestly, it's always weird when I get that question. Cause like when they'd be like, what's your main goal of the trophy room is like, just continue to grow. Keep on doing what we're doing. But I really do think 2020 is the year that we've, uh, we've hit our stride. Uh, we const- we're constantly growing. We're getting bigger and better. Um, and we're learning how to use our platform for more than just games. You know, it's something that you've done. It's something that we do. You know, when it, I, I think one of our best episodes ever was uh, our Black Lives Matter episode, where I remember looking at Kyle going, I don't know if I... we, we I'm, I'm a Hispanic dude. You're a white dude. Uh, we, we, we need an African-American perspective and bringing our friend Emmett there and kind of just having the opening of the show going, this is how I'm feeling through my perspective. Here's how Emmett's feeling through his perspective. Here's how Kyle's learning, trying to learn through his perspective. Um, that was a really, a really awesome episode that, um, Honestly, I was always like kind of scared to put it up because, you know, the Internet's an awful place. But that is the constant one that gets the most love from people going, thank, thank you for doing this. I needed to hear this. Um, so that's that's really what I want to continue in 2021 um, and beyond, really, with that. 
And also just talking shit about you every episode I can. <laughs> that is a thing that, that we constantly do. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> this kid just sucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I loved uh, I loved gaming and hanging out with you guys and the the moral discussions and the ethical discussions that we would have to keep each other on track in the works workspace school space uh, talking about you know any of the social issues like Black Lives Matter or the elections having people to bounce those types of things real world things off of and then to argue about Kylo Ren or you know whether or not you know x game was good or not and and right. i really i dig the versatility there that's what i love about our medium and being there you know what i mean like i'm an, i'm frustrated when i can't log in or get i get mad if uh um i feel like i let you guys down not even not in a video game but in, in other senses and it's a cool thing that we've we've built in yeah. gaming yeah yeah agreed well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, we'll be looking to do more content like this perhaps in the future. We'll see if it's uh, something we want to pursue or not for XEP. But thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your week.